Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. For Thursday, November 3rd, I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're taking a look at the casualties of the latest Fed policy moves. On Wednesday of this week, the Federal Reserve announced another 75 basis point increase at the FOMC meeting. These meetings happen every six weeks, and the next one will be in the middle of December. We continue to experience a yield curve inversion where short-term interest rates are substantially higher than long-term interest rates. That inversion is even more pronounced than it has been in recent memory. When asked about the timing of changes of policy stance, Chairman Powell said at some point it will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases. That time is coming, and it may come as soon as the next meeting or the one after that. No decision has been made. It's likely we'll have a discussion about this at the next meeting. That's a direct quote from his comments. But he wanted to focus the discussion on the target for inflation and what it will take to suppress demand to get inflation down to their stated target of 2%. He also went on to say, the question of when to moderate the pace of increases is now much less important than the question of how high to raise rates and how long to keep that monetary policy restricted, which will be our principal focus. Again, that's a direct quote. There's no question that rates will make a difference. Demand is being suppressed in numerous markets, especially in real estate, even though the cause of inflation is the result of a decade of money printing and most recently the showering of money across the population during the pandemic. But inflation is not a U.S.-only issue. It's a problem in Canada, the U.K., Australia, Japan, Germany. It's a global issue, and it's the result of the combination of supply shocks with the printing of money at an unprecedented level. The question is, what are other countries doing? How are other central banks using monetary policy to combat inflation? We are seeing different approaches. Australia's central bank on Tuesday stuck with a slower pace of interest rate increases for a second month in a row while revising upward its inflation outlook. They're saying that more rate hikes would be needed as it struggles to keep the economy afloat while battling inflation. At its November policy meeting, the Reserve Bank of Australia lifted its cash rate by 25 basis points to a nine-year high of 2.85%, the seventh hike in as many months. It surprised many in the markets last month by downshifting to a quarter point, following four consecutive moves of 50 basis points, and they cited an already substantial rise in rates as the reason. Inflation is now expected to peak around 8% later this year, up from a previous forecast of 775 and eventually to slow to about 3% in 2024. That would still leave it above the central bank's 2-3% target range. Reserve Bank of Australia's Governor Philip Lowe said in a statement that the bank's board is seeking to return inflation to the target range while keeping the economy on an even keel. Australia has benefited from the supply shocks, and in their statement, they're citing uncertainty in the global economic environment as a major reason for slowing down the rate of interest rate increases. They're taking a global view, whereas the Federal Reserve is taking more of a U.S.-centric view, and in particular, they're focusing on the psychology of inflation and the anchoring of inflation expectations, rather than looking at the leading indicators for both the U.S. and global data. But there's other metrics. The ISM Manufacturing PMI Index fell to 50.2% in October from 509 in September pointing to the slowest growth in factory activity since the contraction in mid-2020. These figures are slightly higher than market forecasts of 50%. New orders contracted 49.2 versus 47.1, and employment was little changed at 50 versus 48.7. Order backlogs went down 
45.3 versus 50.9, and companies are continuing to manage headcounts through hiring freezes and attrition to lower levels. Price pressures continued to ease for the seventh straight month, and they fell into contraction territory at 46.6 versus 51.7 the previous month. That should encourage buyers. Back in June of this year, the PMI was in the 80s, indicating extreme price pressure, and we are now definitely in contraction territory. The notion that interest rate increases can stamp out inflation is frankly worth challenging. It's not entirely clear that the linkage between those two variables is firmly established. If high interest rates were enough to calm inflation, then inflation would not be a problem in Turkey or Ecuador or Argentina. Real reason for high inflation is the printing of money. That's the problem. And it's not just about anchoring expectations. If there is a real business opportunity in the nominal economy, a 3.75% interest rate increase is not really going to dissuade a business from pursuing that business opportunity. Higher interest rates have definitely translated into job losses. In numerous sectors, like the property technology sector, we're starting to see job losses. Open Door Technologies is laying off about 18% of its workforce, shedding more than 550 employees, while Chime is cutting 12% or about 150 employees. In the tech sector, Qualcomm announced a drop in shipments for cell phones on a global basis. As the largest supplier of microprocessors into the cell phone industry, Qualcomm is a bellwether to the entire industry. In my mind, Fed policy is disconnected from the global perspective. We need to listen to what Chairman Powell is saying. The Fed governors are going to continue to raise interest rates until they see sustainable, tangible economic slowdown in demand. The floggings will continue until morale improves. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.